Yo. What's up, brother? Yo, what's good, man? How's it going? You know what? I can't complain. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm healthy. Hmm. Man, and there's not much more I could ask for right now. That's a really nice way of looking at it. Look good, some good perspective there. Hell yeah. We're all alive, right? Yeah, and to everyone else out there who's not having the best day, you know what I'm saying? Count your blessings. Because mm. a lot of the times we, we're blessed with so much. We get used to all this that we have. Mm-hmm. Once something bad happens, whatever it is, we let that ruin our day and we let that control how we move throughout the rest of the day. I am so guilty of that sometimes. And you know what? We got to step back and say, you know what? One bad thing happened. But look at all this other shit. Like if I'm you, CJ, look at my kids. Look at my exactly. wife. We have a home. Look at my fucking grill outside. <laughs> Blackstone, you know baby. I mean? Yeah, 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 man. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm alive. I'm healthy. I'm well. And um, I got people around me who, you know what I'm saying, help me keep me in a better mood. Just not even by like being my quote unquote therapist, so to say, sure. but just being a friend. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. I got you. I got, you know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. Man, I'm alive and I'm blessed. So, hey, that's all that matters, man. Yeah, we got man. breath in our fucking lungs, man. You're right. It's it is difficult sometimes when you're just in a daily grind and just eat something easily can just derail the whole thing. But you're absolutely right. I do look at like my family, you know, the kids, the wife, even the dog. You know, just like the things that I worked for, I'm surrounded by. There's a reason I don't go out all the time because I'm literally living in the place that I worked to achieve. You know, so. I got everything I need right here. So it's, it is nice to have the perspective to come home to and just kind of go, Hey, it's all good. Tomorrow's another day. Even if today was shit, tomorrow's another day, another try, another try, another at bat, you know? So hell yeah. And it's, it's shit compared to what, you know what I mean? That's it's relative. Everything is relative. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, just put things into perspective. Nice. That must've been a really good workout for you to be this coherent about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Workout's been going good. I've fucking been eating. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, man. All the all the senses are tingling. Oh yeah, you got that going yeah. on. You got a little lady friend to get your other senses tingling too. So, hey man, we. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the package, right? Like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wrap it up all together in one. You feel me? That's right. Those are all blessings, you know. Yes, so you get, get all the senses tingled. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, got, got. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's the cure all, <laughs> sir. That will that will right turn any bad day, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy, but that's so good. what about I'm you, glad... man? Uh, me, shit, man. I'm telling you, I think this is the the first weekend this past weekend since the beginning of the year that I had no plans. It was lovely. I didn't do shit. I shouldn't say I didn't do shit. As I mentioned. Prior in past episodes, I am going to officiate a wedding. Yes, that yes, wedding sir. is in less than a month. So I am heavy at work, just working on my sermon, working on my speech, the entire presentation, the performance, the whole thing. I got some laughs in there. I got some tears in there. I ran it by the wife. She loved it. She laughed. She cried. I ran it by the bride. She loves it too. So just like I'm trying to fine tune that because I want that to be like, you know, just the most the most memorable experience for them. The best, you know, they 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 got siege. They're looking for me in the whole package. So like I want to deliver. Yeah. It's my first time out, you know, so I gotta I gotta yeah. do it right. So I just yeah. 
put on a pot of coffee on Saturday, put on some tunes, and just zoom, just zoomed right into it, and just mm-hmm. tweaking things. That's not my first time, you know, doing that. It's probably my second draft of it and all, but like just tweaking things, saying it out loud, making all like little jokes, make sure they hit. Wait for applause here. Wink at the girl there. You know, I'm just yeah. things like that. Things like that. Little little siege isms that I can throw in there. So I'm very excited oh, about yeah. that. But other other than that, I didn't do anything but relax, and it was so nice. Just recharge the batteries. Hell yeah! After that vacation, that's always needed. You know, right? They always say you might need a vacation from your vacation. So you know, it's kind of what it feels like. It's just getting that the normal life reset. Yeah, starting from starting from square one. So. That was very nice. How was your weekend? Yo, I didn't do shit. <laughs> so yeah, I think a lot of the people I know didn't do shit. I think that was just the weekend just to take a break from everything. Oh, man. I was supposed to go to my guy's birthday party. Mm. I said, fuck that. I'm staying home and watching Brandon Roy Val versus Brandon Moreno. <laughs> yes, that's that right. That shit was a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, man, and then Sunday, I didn't do shit but eat junk food, get chopped, and watch uh, this documentary called... Um, the Curious Case of Natalia Grace. That sounds very familiar, but I did not watch that. It's about, um, a, like, she's a little person, Natalia. She's a little person. Okay. Orphan, just like the movie Orphan. Sure. Which movie Orphan? Scary one, one or the non-scary one? Scary one. With Ooh, the little shit. girl trying to kill the family? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. my God. So, apparently, the family that adopted her tried to paint her out to be like that orphan, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, so I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen it, if you want to watch it, but... <laughs> Long story uh, short, well, they painted her to be the crazy. <laughs> they painted her to be the crazy person. They fucking like change her age and all this other crazy shit. Oh, Kick shit. her out the house, make her live in an apartment on her own. At the time, what? she was probably like eleven years old. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Um, go to court. Foster parents get off squat clean. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yep. And then uh, she gets adopted by a new family. Mm-hmm. Turns out something happens at the end of the second season. There's a phone call. It's the new adopted parents now. And her new foster dad was like, yo, I'm done with her. She tweaking. That Those were his exact words. She tweaking. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then there's another call with the mom, the new foster mom. She mm-hmm. says that damn near rebuttal. Damn. And so now you're caught thinking like, wait, is the bitch really crazy? <laughs> or is all this shit just made up? Right. Because you never know. I'm leaning towards all this shit is made up. In history, we have seen a lot of things like this are just embellished for drama. But I don't know. When it comes to like horror stuff and like supernatural, whatever you want to call it, like I think there's some truth to it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a true believer in all that shit, but to say there's 0% chance, I think it's short sighted. Like things like that could happen. There's enough evil in the world where shit like Orphan or The Omen or anything, you know. House of a Thousand Corpses. I think that all is very plausible. It's not too out of the realm. We're not talking like Independence Day where you have, you know, aliens coming from the sky immediately look like that and try to destroy everything. But, with, yeah. you know, with scary shit, with spooky shit, I tend to believe a little bit more than I do aliens. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. And we That's conspiracy shit, I'm sure, is a whole other episode we could do. But Hell yeah, we got to. We got oh, to. Oh, we could do. I know you've been wanting to do Aliens and all type of shit. Because... Mm-hmm. Again, like there's there's no way that it's a zero percent absolute no. I think it's there's plausibility behind all that shit. Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot, all that shit. There's plausibility behind wherever that shit comes from, and you never know where it really comes from. Yeah, but like I just I'm somebody who thinks like if it turns out like Loch Ness is true, I don't know if it's like 
the Loch Ness monster you would draw on a piece of paper if someone told you to draw what she looks like. You know, mm-hmm. I think it would look different. Like Bigfoot probably isn't just what we think he is. He's probably like slightly altered, slightly different, more like a swamp thing kind of thing. I never know, but I know what you're saying. I know what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I think you know the way we it's draw not... aliens is not little green men. I think they're right something. You know. Well, you're the saying like there, there's a happy medium between the fantasy and reality. That's exactly. What you're All these ideas have to come from somewhere. So yeah, I think realism is one of those places it comes from. But again, we'll save all that because that sounds like a fun way to do an episode of just talking a bunch of shit. Because I got plenty yeah. to think about with that kind of stuff. There's Hell alien yeah. shit all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, just real quick, I think aliens are real. Oh, I think they're real too. I just don't know if they're like movie real. I think they're like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you Different. mean. Different. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that could be a whole we have no idea what they could look like. So yeah. That's yeah, that that'd be very interesting. So I mean, I do want to touch on one quick sports thing before we start the show because it's hilarious. Can I take a guess? What is it? You talking about Cam Newton? No, actually. This is actually oh. nothing to do with football. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So and I'm gonna use a visual aid for this shit too. I consider myself fashion forward if not hip fashion forward you know i like to match colors i got a good theme going you know like to look good feel good and i'm a big adidas guy myself i don't wear a lot of nike i don't know what it is every i think like eight years ago i just decided to randomly pledge my undying loyalty to adidas even got the shit on three stripes but (laughs) i don't know why i like their. i think their shit is fly i like their stuff but if you're a if you're a an athlete you would say i think you take pride in your uniform and the way it makes you feel, the way you perform in it, it's got to have durability and it's got to look good and the colors have to look right. All that shit. So I bring that up because if any sports fan out there has ever bought uniforms, memorabilia from a place called Fanatics, they're familiar with the store. And Fanatics, for those of you who don't know, it's a clothing brand that has a lot of sports licensing rights. So they sell a lot of the stuff you see today, their jerseys, your sweatshirts, all that shit. All, you know, all good stuff. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Fanatics is a little lackluster in quality, but that's neither here nor there. They're a little bit cheaper. Yeah. But, you know, you if you, you just need something, you get what you pay for. Exactly. So I bring it up because some hilarious news came out in the realm, the realm of baseball. And MLB and Fanatics have this massive deal they signed last year where I think Fanatics is going to make them like $2 billion in merchandise revenue by 2045. Fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the big thing about MLB is they're a big Nike sport. So Nike subcontracts the uniform stuff to Fanatics. Fanatics then turns and makes the uniforms every year, a different style. It's just like football helmets and things Mm -hmm. like that. They evolve. So in MLB this year, they were, you know, the players got their new uniforms and they're like the Nike Vapor Premier, you know, jersey pants combo. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Got better maneuverability, breathability, all that stuff for, you know, premier athletes to do what they got to do, <laughs> which all sounds well and good until people got their first looks of these uniforms during spring training just the past couple of weeks or so. I'm going to show you what these look like because it's pretty great, actually. One second, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see this? That's your I boy, Chris, Christian Yelich, Milwaukee Brewer. Yeah. We love Christian around here. Jersey looks pretty clean, right? Yeah. But if we go right about crotch area, as you can see, <laughs> these pants are pretty much transparent. Uh... Fanatics decided to release these pants to the entire league so that even these guys in the L.A. Dodgers 
That's the bottom of their jersey. You can clearly see with the logo in these white-ass, transparent-ass pants. The reason I think this is hilarious, and I won't post this because different kind of show, most people, because you know baseball players work pups, jock straps, can pretty much just see dick and balls all game long. Every time these guys stretch, and there's a lot of photos out there, I'm not going to do it myself. You can Google them yourself because they're everywhere. But pretty much any person is taking a picture of a baseball player bending over, you're just getting dick and ball all game long. And the more these guys sweat, the clearer these pants get. So I bring it up just because I thought it was hilarious. And I'm thinking about this is planned. It has to be. I think the commissioner of baseball did this shit on purpose because he knows all these women out here are now going to go see some baseball. We had a big football season with Taylor Swift, and now the ladies get baseball, and they get a whole bunch of dick and balls. So all the ladies are going to go to the ballpark <laughs> and get to see some foot-long hot dogs. <laughs> they want all the peanuts and Cracker Jack, and their husbands will wonder if they ever come back. That's all. I just wanted to bring that up, that that is a thing that's going to be occurring in baseball for this entire season is a bunch of clear fucking pants. Go wow. Brewers. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> wow. That whole segment took a turn I did not expect it was going to take. I know. That's what I was like. I got to say it to him because he has no idea. This is news you never asked for, but you're going to hear a lot about this because it's so egregiously transparent. They might as well be wearing just like shower curtains like it's just it's just clear plastic yeah. how do you have a multi-billion dollar company and those are your pants what are those what are those what are those but clear pants baby that's a new way that's the future of sports you know no look <laughs> like personally i kind of like them i bet you do because <laughs> look this is what you could do right because I got I got these compression shorts that are like all different types of colors. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And I always tell myself like, damn, when the fuck am I gonna show these off? <laughs> that would be the best time to show them off. If you're a baseball player, got all these dope looking compression shorts, different designs and colors on them, wear them right under. Boom! <laughs> oh, now you now now we talking. Now we talking. You said you said Nike made right? That's Nike. Yeah. Well, technically, yes, they subcontracted for them. But shout out to Swoosh. Uh, <laughs> so you're thinking like they're just thinking two steps ahead here like yeah 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 this is this like has I, got some future to it i see the vision i see the vision man because nike like i know some of these dudes are sponsored by under armor jordan yep, yep. adidas yep. whoever they make some pretty good looking compression shorts and you know there like you the 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 style nowadays is like the higher cut shorts like the one i'm wearing True. right now mm-hmm. like i'm sitting down and you could damn near see um three quarters of my thigh you don't have to show us, I believe you. But yes, I know exactly the kind of shorts you're talking about. And you can kind of see the compression a little bit underneath them. Yes. So it yes. looks like a good style. I love I that. Where look. You're going. I, I get love where you're that. Going. Look. Yeah. So <laughs> now, I see the vision. If they can claim that that's the vision, then okay, fine. Genius marketing, I guess. That's a, that's a hell of a foresight. I'm thinking this is the latter where it's just <laughs> a t- like quality control. They said, what material do we have left for these fucking pants? We, have, we need like three. Hundred pairs of pants, and they're like, "I just want to shit in the back, the fucking cat yard and shit." And they just ran with it. They said, "Oh, you mean the shit we use for women's volleyball uh, spandex?" Exactly. Yes, but make them white. Make them white. All white. (laughs) That's all I was thinking. I'm like, this is gonna be a hot ass sport, all sweat. God knows they're doing on that fucking field, and 
all these ladies are going to be just like going insane and no one's going to know why. (laughs) 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 So, okay. Fanatics, he'll give you a benefit of the doubt. Maybe you're genius at this. Maybe you're just thinking ahead here. They're in 2045 already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone's gonna, they, they're gonna say talk shit about me. It's like no, they were the That's all right. Bro. Let's get the show started. We got some music. Boom. So welcome back, folks. We are here again. We missed you. It's been a quick week. Nothing going on on the weekend. Sports are kind of just hanging out a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I said, baseball started up a little bit. Basketball's in full swing now. So, you know, switching gears. And we're going to get a lot of topics out of basketball coming up soon here, especially today with a very interesting topic that we want to discuss um, a little bit later in the show. Uh, in case you forgot, that guy is Ryan, the Bone Thug. I'm Siege, the mm. Harmony. Uh huh. It works uh-huh. together. Boom, 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 I love it, fucking Bone Thug. If you man. know, you know. If you know, you know. That's right. Ah, uh, but yes, we're back again. Another episode, uh, fresh out the kitchen. So, ooh, ooh, yes. Let us stick to the NBA right now because the NBA, like I said, is is big time. Stars are emerging left and right every year. We're seeing just crazy levels of competition starting to increase you're in my opinion and i know it's i'm an old head i've admitted that for a long time but you talk about golden ages of basketball you talk about renaissance you talk about waves and cycles i feel like basketball is starting to hit that next wave where like another generation of new fans are going to start rising up because the level of talent now is so entertaining so even like his lowly Detroit Pistons, so much talent packed to the gills. And that's mm-hmm. saying something is like the Pistons, who we were just talking about weeks ago with the almost the longest losing streak of all time, just missed it, just missed it. But that record with the amount of talent on that team says a lot about the NBA overall. Young talent. So, young talent, yes. Growing into the roles, role players, stars in the making, future superstars too. And even on top, champions. Nikola Jokic, somebody who, for a lot of people, came out of nowhere, European basketball style. Hey, look at that. He's the best player in the league. So you're seeing different avenues of success coming that you didn't see in the last, I mean, maybe in the LeBron days for sure. But I have been seeing some real creativity coming from it. And I want mm-hmm. to talk about the future of the NBA. Lots of lots of talk lately, and we talk about it on the show too, people like LeBron James, who arguably has been the face of the NBA, quote-unquote, for the better part of two decades now. You know, we know Kobe oh, is a arguable. big... It's not arguable for him. I, w- I have to give myself a little leeway because somebody out there is going to be like, but, 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 I get it. But he's right. It's hard to argue that LeBron has been the face of the, of the fucking league. You know, Kobe's been the face of the league, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's been the face of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's always that iconic number one this is the guy you think about when you think about basketball. I would yeah. argue even Steph for a little bit. You could argue that. There's no, some yeah, Steph argue. and KD. I'll give him, I'll and give KD. KD too. Yeah. Absolutely. So 
when you think about the future and you think about how long people like LeBron and Katie and Curry have been playing, you kind of want to start thinking about what's next. And I've been seeing this same question on a lot of sports sites, a lot of chat rooms. I hate calling them chat rooms because it sounds like I'm from the 90s and shit. But, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of places and a lot of spaces where people are discussing who the next face of the NBA would be in the next 10 to 15 years. Or I don't, I can't say 20 because LeBron doing 20 is like a unicorn thing. I don't know if these next cats are going to do a 20 year career. That seems like we're kind of getting away from that now. Right. Even like people like Giannis, like as successful as he's been as talented as he is. I don't know if Giannis has a 20 year career in him. We'll see. He's probably the last of the old guard when it comes to that mentality of being there for as long as possible. But this new generation, shit. And you can you can combine this with the NFL, too, in the same kind of argument. You're seeing the young players get wildly successful real quick, and then mm-hmm. they could piece out pretty, pretty quickly as fast as you got to know them. So yeah. I want to know your thoughts. And you don't have to pick just one. If you want to stick by one, go ahead. I had like one or two. Just Mm -hmm. as a, and you'll see where I came with it too. But like, if you think about who you would peg, if if it was your NBA and you were in charge of the marketing and the potential, the star power, then the everything you do to put the machine behind this one or two players, who do you think is the next face of the NBA if we look back in 20 years? Yeah, great question. I just wanted to say before I give my answer that I left out a couple of guys that, um, People may be wondering why I left out. Um, oh, yeah. I left out Giannis. I left out Jokic. Yep. Um, can't think of any other guys right now, but those two guys specifically because they're about to be 30 in the next couple seasons or next season. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Um, and LeBron is probably going to play another couple years. I would assume both of those guys would take a slight dip in um, their overall production and their yep. overall stats. Yes. So I left those guys out and I focused primarily on the young cats. I would agree with that. Yes, that's a good idea. So the first guy that I think of, and just disclaimer, I picked four guys because I don't think there's going to be a single face in the NBA because of a couple of reasons. One, um, there's way too much talent now. Way too much. More than there's ever been. More than there's ever been. Yeah. Most of these teams have, I'd say half of the teams in the NBA have two guys that are legitimate all-stars. Oh, yeah. Like any season, they could be an all-star. Absolutely. And number two, it has to happen organically. What do I mean by that? We can't anoint some anoint someone as the face, as the Got guy. It. Got it. They have to win. They have to put up the stats. And they have to have some type of influence on the culture. Good. Glad you brought that up. So I'll start with my first guy, and it's Jason Tatum. Woo! Great pick. Great pick. Uh, why Jason Tatum? Ever since he's entered the league, he's never missed the playoffs. Mm. Currently the best team in the East. Yes. Perennial all-star, deep playoff runs every mm. single season in the NBA to go along with making the playoffs every single season in the NBA. Um, And the fifth reason, there's a shot that kids love and that's slowly becoming the most important and popular shot in the NBA. And mm. Jason Tatum makes this at the high or one of the highest clips in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The step back three. Oh, Beautiful. Chef's kiss. And you'll notice with the other three guys that I have on my list, they hit step back threes mm-hmm. because that is honestly changing the culture of basketball. Kids yeah. don't want to hit layups no more. Kids want to no. shoot step back threes, right? Like Steph Curry. That's right. I, I know. 
I know one on your list just because you said that. I know one, but I'm not going to say it No, no, keep going, keep going. No, it <laughs> might be the next guy. I'm about, like... It might be the next guy I'm about to say. Hold on, as I okay. go blurry. Yep, yep. That's how people look when they guard Jason Tatum. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> um, second guy, and this is in no typical order. All right. Got it. Yep. Uh, I got Luca. That's who I thought you were going to pick. Yep. 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 Again. Step back three, baby. Step back three. He probably hits it at the highest clip, if I'm yep. guessing. Woo! He's butter with that shit. Yes. Um, again, uh, international player. Mm. Uh, basketball is slowly turning into a global sport, specifically yes. the NBA. If you look at the MVP candidates right now, they're all born, or most of them are born outside of the NBA. That's right. I, I said NBA, the USA. Yeah, the USA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, perennial all-star, stat-stuffing monster. Crazy. Triple Crazy double stats. machine. He can drop 70 every, at any given night. Yep. And then the next night, he can have a 30-point triple-double. Absolutely. And not bat an eye. Um, and I think with Luka, one thing that shouldn't be thrown under the rug mm. is the fact that he's relatable to a lot of guys. And this is oh, what yeah. I mean by that. This is what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. Luca plays with zero athleticism. <laughs> with zero speed. Yes. Like, this dude, I could probably jump higher than him. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could probably run faster than him, too. Easily. But he he's care. one of the best players <laughs> in the league because he, he relies solely on skill. Yes. And a lot of us that hoop can't dunk a basketball. A I lot of us hoop. in the YMCA that's hooping cannot dunk a basketball. We are not jumping out the gym. We are average athletes. That's why we are not professional athletes. Can you dunk? No, I can't. <laughs> hey, you admit that though. All right. I can't dunk. Yeah. I know I'll slap I can't. the shit out of the backboard though. While I while I lay the ball up, I'll slap the shit out of the backboard. <laughs> and I say that to say a lot of us have to play in a similar style as Luca, relying solely on skill. Yes, sir. We're not the biggest. We're not the fastest. We're not the strongest. We're not the most athletic. You know what I mean? Right. And Luca really resembles that. And I think he's having a big impact on the culture in that way that we probably don't even realize. Mm -mm. Um, moving on, uh, the second guy. And honestly, I think this guy can be the best player in the NBA. Well, Those your third guy, right? Yep, my third guy. Third guy. Gotcha. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I knew he was on your list. <laughs> this, I've been high on Shea Gilgis-Alexander ever since he was at Kentucky. He just... I, I hate to put this on anybody, mm. but he gives me a lot of Kobe Bryant energy. Oh, that's tough. Like That's fucking tough. And, and let me explain. He's not the athlete Kobe was. No. But his mid-range game is pristine. He has the best mid-range game when it comes to guards in the NBA. Yes, he has a better mid-range game than Devin Booker. I'm saying that today, right now. I think that's actually a good point. He... Spin jumpers, step back jumpers, one two hop dribble, mm. bump you in the body, free throw line jumper. Like he has it all in the mid range. And yeah. to go along with that, the biggest counter to that is his step back three. He doesn't shoot step a lot of threes. threes, but when he does, a lot of the time, they're step back threes and catch and shoot threes. Two mm. of the most popular ways to shoot threes catch and shoot, step back. There you go. Um, and he's going to be a perennial all star. Every single season, he's going to be in the NBA as long as he doesn't get hurt. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> and he damn near might win the MVP this year. He definitely has my vote. He's on the clip right now for that. Yes. And I, I would not put it past him. It's well and, earned. And last but not least, he's born in Canada. Yes. Again, 
Basketball is a global sport. We have a team in Toronto, in Canada. So it would only be right to have someone from Canada right, or an outside of the U.S. as one of the faces of the league. Not only that, but he just so happens to be the best player on his team and one of the best players in the league. So I think Shea would be a great look for the NBA. Aren't they talking about expanding a little bit more in the NBA? Yeah, I heard, I heard Vancouver. I heard Vancouver. Uh, I heard like Vegas. Mexico team. Vegas yeah. team. Like yeah. a little There's more a lot of international. Yeah. So, I'd be into it. Yeah. And my fourth and final pick is another American-born superstar mm. who is probably the most marketable guy on my list because of his personality. Oh, I think I know. Who? Take a guess. Anthony Edwards. Yes, sir. Yeah, I knew it. I knew Anthony it. Anthony Edwards. <laughs> and look, at least one face of the NBA was the number one pick. Yes. That's Anthony true. Edwards is the only player on my Mount Rushmore, because there's four guys yep. of the faces of the NBA that was picked first overall. Mm. Uh, number one, let's just get this out the way. Dude is a scoring machine. Absolutely. You want to get dunked pace. on? He got you. <laughs> Step back three, he got you. Boom. Clutch time buckets, he also got you. Absolutely. Uh, and same thing with Shea. He's young. So as long as he's in the league, he's going to continue to be an all-star. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no way around it. He's already one of the best twos or wings in the league, um, and he's already putting up superstar type numbers. Absolutely. If he continues this, he's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer, and same with everybody else that I have on my list. I would um, agree with all of that. Absolutely, yes, for sure. Um, I already explained how he's marketable, but he's also very relatable to everyone who lives in the same parts or similar parts as I live. Right. Because he's going to speak his mind. He's going to talk his shit. He's always going to be himself, and every time you do an interview with him, he's never going to shortchange you on who he is. He's going to tell you exactly what's on his mind, whether you like it or not. Mm. And you know what? 90% of the shit that he says is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it really is. This great <laughs> personality. Yes. My God. Um, And it just kind of helps out that he kind of looks like Michael Jordan's long-lost son. Yeah. Him I and mean, Jimmy Butler are brothers. Him and Butler are brothers. He <laughs> 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 beat me to it. <laughs> Oh man, and how ironic that you pick Shea and you pick Ant, and they're both in the top two teams in the West right now, the Timberwolves and the Thunder. Look yeah. at that. Success yeah. is coming. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Yep. In a in a crazy division like the West, those two teams. I didn't I, I know Timberwolves are good and everything, but being first place didn't no. see it coming. Didn't no. see it coming. Because Ant is a big reason for that. Ant is probably 80% of the reason why they're the <laughs> top team in the West right now. Uh, I just wanted mind. to say, I did not see this coming from them because I don't like the pairing of Gobert and Cat. We've been talking shit about Gobert the whole time. So seeing that kind of flip itself and yeah. make it into a successful run has been kind of nuts. But I honestly think that's going to bite them in the ass in the playoffs, but we'll talk about that later. That's Yep, that's a whole thing, and I would definitely agree with that too because I'm still not sold. However... Yeah, it's a great start for them. 41 and 17 yeah. for both the T-Wolves and the Thunder. So, shit, playoffs are going to be very spicy when we get there. But we got a long way to go, people, when it comes to that. And things in the West, as we know, shake up very easily. The East, that's a hilarious story right now. But you, know. <laughs> <laughs> but you had Jason Tatum. And look at that. Celtics are number one in the East by far. They're and, nine yeah, games up. <laughs> it's Celtics and then the field. The field. Right. And, and and wait, that includes the Bucks. Guess who the Celtics added? No. Jay. Jay. 
I mean, an R and then a U and then an E. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Holiday. Look at that. Huh. Oh, hmm. it's almost like defense is going to be a big thing in the NBA. Who knew? Hmm. What, what an interesting new concept. <laughs> hmm. Crazy. But yeah. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious that you have three of the top teams in the entire NBA. I mean, we won't talk about the Mavericks and everything, but still. The Mavericks are trending guys, up. They're trending up. Yes, they are. In a, in and a when, very and, tough Western Conference. Oh, yeah. And if you have Luka, I'm sorry. You're you're going to have a shot. So Yeah. And you got Kyrie, definitely too. Play in. You can't forget about Kyrie. So I'm more of a Luka guy than a Kyrie guy, but I get it. Like Kyrie yeah. still brings that shit, that extra element to them. I wasn't sure of the pairing of Luka and Kyrie at first. We but both hey, weren't. You know, it's, but it's like not I, bad. Like I told you earlier in the year, I said, I think they figured it out. They might have. And right. I was I was very high on the Mavericks coming into the season when we did our preview. That's right. Um, And, yeah, so far, like, they've been proving me right. There you go. So, yeah, different conference. So, I could see Mavs sneaking into a play-in maybe, if not outright grabbing a spot. But, again, long season. In the East, though, yeah, that's a giant fucking – just a Rip. cavern, total cavern, Grand Canyon between the Celtics and everybody else. So, y'all got to step it up in the East, bro. <laughs> um, on my side, I'm gonna continue with the Luca thing because I have two now. I will say I knew who your other two were because those are my honorable mention. I have mm-hmm. Ant and I have Shea, and mm-hmm. it's only because, again, if I had to, I know we said in this realm we can't just anoint anybody. I get yeah. all that. I'm more of a prediction here of like when we look back, what success will we see? How many titles will we see? So, yes, I have the thinker's choice. And I have the people's choice. Mm. The thinker's choice for me is Luka Doncic. And I think mm-hmm. that is for anybody who's not like me. Again, I'm an old head. I'll say it any fucking day of the week. If you're looking at stats, if you're looking at what this man said, basketball IQ, pure skill set, and you look at young fans joining the NBA, learning about these players, getting to know them. If you ask somebody about 10 years ago if European-style basketball was going to take over like this, they probably laugh in your fucking face. But Luka and Jokic, of course, I think have brought this, I hate saying modernized European basketball because it's really not. If there's one thing he does more than anybody else, it's fundamentals. Luka is, he does all the little things right. And I love how you brought up his speed, that he doesn't have any speed. <laughs> I almost think he uses a lack of speed as like an art form because he's really good at like small bursts when he needs to get past you. He's always yeah. thinking two, two steps ahead. But he'll slow up and he'll still catch you. So like, yeah. he I think he uses speed in such creative ways yep. that I have never really seen from a player before. It's no, it's and, quite interesting. And as players, like I know I didn't play on any like super high level, but as players, that's what we're taught. We're taught yes. it's not about how fast you can run in any sport. Nope. It's about how fast you can go from zero to sixty. Exactly. He's and even though his sixty, gear. even though his sixty is like ten. Right. <laughs> so fucking old ass Honda, yeah. <laughs> like if, if he's at zero, you're gonna be at zero. And then when he's at he just goes to ten quicker than you can go to ten. Exactly. <laughs> and that but that's the thing is basketball, I know we say football's a game of inches and yards and stuff. Basketball absolutely is some inches when it comes to the game. And that zero to ten, he's already at the basket. He's already cutting up for a layup. So like yeah. he's literally like, I'm going to do this hang dribble. He tells you everything he's going to do. Yep. You do this hang dribble. And then once I take one step with my right foot, you're going to be bye-bye. <laughs> and then he does the move. And then you still get beat. I love that you brought that up because if I could compare him, at least in my head, because I'm an old head, he's Larry Bird. 
who used to do that shit all the time. He would just tell you what he's going to do, and you just had nothing you could do about it. Luka hey, plays like that. I know no Luka's dis- better. No Luka's disrespect to Larry Bird. No, I, I ain't trying to disrespect Larry Bird. Of course not. Shout out all the OGs. Yep. But I just got to put this out there. <laughs> Larry Bird wasn't playing with the level of defenders and athletes and talents that Luka playing against. So I, I just want to throw that out. Yes, but, and but, I was in no means saying Larry was yes. – no. This is just stylistically, I'm saying yes. I see a lot of Larry. However, Luca has taken whatever Larry did, and it's tenfold. It's tenfold. <laughs> yeah. Luca's so no, much I'm, better. <laughs> I'm just a fucking – I'm one of those new cats that, like, low-key hate on the older generation. Oh, because, I know you are. <laughs> you know, that's a conversation for another day, though. At least you try to disguise it respectively, but I know inside you're like, man, fuck all these old heads, dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I get it. The game has changed so much. All I do for someone like me who's not a, a stat god like you and like the X's and O's guy, again, I've always been more of an emotional person. So for me to get invested in these players, I have to connect them to the past. That's the only way I can get to I'll go get and, and see like what I'm gonna getting out of their game. Yeah. So yeah, for me, Luca is Larry is new age Larry Bird in the best possible way. That's all I mean. That dude, like he said, 34 points average, nine and a half assists, eight rebounds a game. That's already mm-hmm. ridiculous. Four-time All-NBA first team in a row, most likely getting a fifth one, too. So, like, he's already one of the best players in the league. He's only 25, which is bonkers, bonkers. And in my opinion, he hasn't even gotten to his prime yet. This is still early Luka. Yeah. Man, he's got to get a couple rings, but I get it. Remember, Jordan ain't win his first ring until he was 27, I think. Exactly. Something like that, 26, 27. But, yes. So Luca is – I'm not worried about him at all. The Mavs in general, are, they are what they are. Do I think he can win a ring with Dallas? Remains to be seen. I'm not I sure. I think yes. Not Obviously not now, but I think not in the now. future, definitely. There you go. That's what I'm like. I think with some more – and that's what, again, what we're looking at is if I look back 20 years now and go, oh, Luca really took off. Luca is somebody I can see multiple championships, like changing, like you said, the culture. I like that he's changed the culture to a more – not more traditional, but like he's bringing back fundamentals in a really cool, modern way. Highly skilled. And let's not forget, his footwork is elite, in my opinion. Yes. I yes. think, I don't think a lot of people can do it better than him when it comes to footwork, mm-hmm. pure footwork. Yeah. I mean, they That's why his slow ass step backs always get big separation. Yes. <laughs> big separation. He's, he's like, he moves in slow motion, but like how Neo moves in slow motion in the Matrix. Like, exactly. It makes your brain overthink. It's kind of he sees nuts. the bullet and he's just like he doesn't move until it gets to right here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's already too late. Oh my god! Yes, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, the, the angles this man can take are so creative. Mm-hmm. He commands the court. He's always thinking two steps ahead. And like you said, he's he. I wouldn't say he's not athletic at all. He's athletic. He's just in his own weird athletic way. It's very different. But he's very technical too. And he doesn't lose speed in his moves unless it's by design. So I just think, again, a lot of the little things, you're seeing a chess master play this. You're seeing somebody with a really high IQ and a skill set that really screams longevity to me because he doesn't yes. he doesn't risk a lot. He's just very calculated. So yes. I can see him, if you're looking at the face, having, if anybody, that 10, 15, 20-year career and having a lot of success from it just because the way he plays the game is – it works for him. It's a little bit safer, but it's so effective. So Luca is somebody I think who has positively impacted the way young people are going to see the game of basketball. It's not going to be just all the step three shooter, you know, three points anymore. Now it's 
you're getting some real basics back that are going to make games a little more all round, and that's that's a great yeah. thing. I think Jokic did the same thing, and I would have Jokic here, but honestly, God, Jokic and the way he takes his business like this, this man may not even make ten years. He might win three championships and fucking go back to his couch. He doesn't care. He doesn't yeah, want he, that crowd. <laughs> he, yeah, he doesn't care enough. That, no. That, that's no so, on him. Not at all. He knows yeah. what he's about. Yeah. That man won a championship was like, hey, you going to the parade? He goes, that's a no, fucking fuck parade. That. I'm trying he to go said, home. I got to go home. <laughs> trying to go see my horses. <laughs> that's what made me love him. I was like, I, I, th- that is me. Like, I don't, I'm not doing anything extra. I'm going to my couch. Yeah. My TV. My TV is waiting for me. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Jokic. He's just like, my job is done. I, I get to go home now. They told yeah. me I get to go home for the summer. <laughs> yeah, the fuck? Parade? The fuck? <laughs> right, what the fuck? Jokic is the guy who, like, clocks out at 5 p.m. on the dot. Not a but it's to... the best employee. Exactly. He's number one employee, but he leaves at 5 p.m. on the fucking dot. Hey, can you, can you do this? Nope. He's right out the door. He's gone. So that's why I can't put him as a face is because as, as skilled as he is, if he ended up having like an eight-year career and two championships and fucked off, I wouldn't be the bit surprised. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I said that was a thinker's choice, the people's choice. Now this one might get me some controversy. We'll see. And I, I am going to stand by it, even though the sample size is very small. Uh, I think I know where you're going. Who am I talking about? Victor Wemby. It's Wembyama. Absolutely. I. Yeah. It's hard to argue, and I am not someone who likes to get into hype. And I, we talked about, we had a whole, almost a whole episode about Wimby a while yeah. back, and it's comparison to LeBron coming out of college and all that. I mean, high school, whatever it was. But the point is, Wimby is an absolute freak, just physically. The guy is what seven four. Yeah. So the, if you look at him, the guy's an alien. He calls himself the alien. Fucking cool. His NBA debut was the second most watched season opener. Of all time, already. He is already fourth in overall jersey sales. He's already second in total social media views. The Spurs' viewership has gone up over 50% since Wemby has joined the team. He's only been there for how long now? What game are we on? Uh, Like, we're in the 50s or 50s? something like that. Yeah, Early 60s? Okay, yeah. cool. He's been here less than a cup of coffee. But he's already ascending. Every star is talking about him. LeBron is just glowing with praise for this kid. And let's not sugarcoat this. The cat can ball. Yeah. Point blank. I know he's only averaging like 20 a points a game, but if no, you look at what – But that's – But yeah, he's what, a power forward, I think? So like – Center, whatever. Center, yeah. whatever he wants to play at that point. For 20 points, I'll take that shit because he does everything really good. Amazing mm-hmm. shot blocker. He's a, just a really good shooter who could still have the ability to become a great three-point shooter. I think with the weight, like his gigantic arm span, 7-8, I believe is his arm, his wingspan. So yeah. the way he shoots, the way his technique goes, he could develop into a great three-pointer. Right? Yeah, Down the line. He's very graceful with his movements. Graceful. Um, I like he that. dribbles. Man, he's smooth with his handle. Like very yes. smooth. Almost like if Paul George were to grow to 7-4, that's how Wemby is with his handle. No, you um, love Paul George. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Paul George, like talent-wise, skill-wise, he's one of my favorite players to ever watch. Absolutely. Um, but I digress. But, <laughs> but that's yeah, a really what, good point, though. That's like, again, we talk about connecting them to, and I know Paul George isn't a past player, but you know, Paul George in his prime, like, yeah, yeah, you do make that connection a little bit when it comes to the skill set. 
But yeah, with that kind of ring span, I think he has a great game IQ overall. He has yeah. a winning personality. Dude's funny as fuck. So like, yeah. I think when you, again, you're talking about a new generation of children and young adults growing up into the sport and watching these new players. I think you look at someone like Wemby, the same you can look at someone like Shaq. And I don't mean skill set. I just mean Shaq was a larger than life, still is, a larger than life personality, you know, wildly successful Hall of Fame career. Wemby has all of the tools to be part of multiple championship rosters. Again, I don't know if that's with the Spurs. I can't say. I'm, I don't watch the Spurs that much. I watch mm-hmm. Wemby clips, but the Spurs overall, eh, they're in last place. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that's time will tell. Thing. Exactly. Time will tell if the Spurs can put a, a roster around Wemby together. That's going to actually, you know, make some noise in the playoffs. Until yeah. then, he's going to be just kind of the standout, the, the, the freak in San Antonio that everyone wants to come and see. But I think with a hopefully long career, because I even said when he first came out, I was concerned about health. But honestly, the more I thought about health, the more I think that's just me being an old head again. I can't put that seven-foot curse on Wemby just because I saw Yao Ming play. So, like, no, I, get re- it. I, I really have to stop doing that and let Wemby. Wemby might have a 15-year career for all I know and stay healthy the entire time. And I hope so. I really he could, do. Yeah, he could. He absolutely I hope he could. Does. Yes. I, I, the fact that he's that big and he's like 200 pounds makes me go like, oh, you need some more muscle, bro, or whatever. But honestly, he may not. I actually – I remember we talked about this. I actually said I'm concerned about his health, but I think his weight is going to help him. Yeah. See? Uh, so, you know, less stress on the joints, things of right. that nature. Yeah. Um, he's so also he extremely flexible. Mm, yes. So that's going to help him too. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still concerned about his health because he's that tall. Yeah, he, um, I know he moves very gracefully, but it's it's easy to have an accident when you're that tall. Exactly. There's more surface area to break when you got right. all the damn long ass bones, bro. So that's just science talking. I don't necessarily think I should use that as a deterrent for thinking that he is going to be everything that he has said he's going to be everything that the media has hyped him to be. Yeah, there's no reason to think that he won't be that guy. So. I say the people's choice because I feel that is somebody kids are going to, like my son will watch a game and go, holy shit. I mean, he'll probably say holy shit too. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you see a seven foot four dude playing basketball at a high pace. Who's that skilled, who does all those great things. I don't see how you don't make him the face of the NBA. Again, if you had to anoint somebody, but skill wise, I'm more of a Luka guy than a Wemby guy. But I will say, long story short, I am starting to believe the hype a little bit, just in the small sample I've gotten. I think he still has plenty he can work on like anybody else, but Wemby is going to make the NBA a lot of money. <laughs> That's yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. And again, he's French from France. so He's from France, exactly. So, nope. yes, let's make it more, like Noah Lyles wants to argue, let's make it more international. NBA yeah. is becoming more of a worldwide global sport. I think eventually we'll get there where you really can't make that world champion argument anymore that I won't bring up, but we talked about that in another episode. But yes, I I like these international players coming out of nowhere and just like wrecking the league already. It's been really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, The only reason, okay, so Wemby I did think about, but I held out a little bit on putting Wemby on my list because he hasn't done as much as the other guys. And that's only because this is rookie year. That's the only reason why. Um. I feel like the other guys on my list are more established and yeah. more ready to take that mantle. 
from LeBron, from KD, from Steph when the time comes. Oh, yeah. Um, and if and, we don't narrow it down to one person, I absolutely agree with your list. Like, all those guys oh, look, are amazing. Oh, okay. If we're going to narrow it down to one person, Ooh, just one, one person only to if be the face to. of the NBA, this might not be the popular pick, Ooh. but I'm going Jason Tatum. I, I really can't argue with that, though. That's the thing. I can't argue against that because he's it's, so fucking good. It, it's not the sexy pick because he, he is really fucking good. That's right. one reason why I'm picking him. Number two, he wants it. Oh, yeah. He made it clear he's that he wants it. Hungry. Uh, and number three, dude looked up to Kobe. <laughs> like you think he ain't got that in him right like all that soft kid shit from st louis like you, you don't think he thinks about that like i i just mm. think i just think jt is the total package um on the court and off the court uh one thing that i should mention mm-hmm. he's a great father Deuce hey! is over the games you that's know what right. i'm saying that's and right that's going to be great for the nba and their image because you know we're just coming off of lebron james who's a big family man himself that's right and that has to factor into who the NBA wants to anoint. I know we mm. can't just anoint, like we mentioned, but who they would prefer. You know what I mean? Of course. I'll take it one step further. And on the flip side, Allen Iverson had a lot of off-the-court shit, right? Oh, he's one of my favorites. But, yes, yeah, he had a lot mine of too. issues. Mine, too. I mean, my God. But, but, yeah, he had a lot of issues. But as great as he was, I don't think he was ever considered a face of the league. No, not at all. Because it was, it was Shaq at that time. And then it was T-Mac, and then it was Kobe. Fucking you know love I mean? T-Mac. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vince Carter. Like, yep. Allen Iverson was all, always alienated because mm-hmm. of his off-the-court shit. And I know Kobe has some off-the-court shit, too. Sure. But with Iverson, it was incident after incident with coaches, you know, talking know. about practice and all this other shit. So, like, right. the NBA had all these other narratives around Allen Iverson. And that's exactly my point about Jason Tatum. Like, he's clean. Absolutely. Yeah. I get that. And oh god, you, all the memories kept flooding back when you talk about Allen Iverson. Us, if I was over here, just like daydreaming, like oh my god, like the Iverson braids, dude. You talk about impacting the culture. Yes, that's why I wanted god. braids. I saw Allen Iverson hooping with braids. I seen him with the headband, the arm sleeve, the fucking arm sleeve, dude. That set off. Oh my god, who doesn't wear an arm sleeve now? And you can't say that Allen Iverson was not a big part of that. Like, no, he dude, made it a trend for real. He made it a total trend that will last, I think, forever. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, again, I think he's the people's choice. But, you know, that's one of those things where you have to look back and go, yeah, he was kind of in a sea of other mega stars. And there's always that guy. I felt the same way about Carmelo Anthony, where I was just like, man, he was so good. Mm -hmm. But he was, I don't want to say stuck in Denver, but he was just stuck in Denver for so long that it's like, is he ever going to get there? And that was just that other pick where you go, he's so skilled. He does everything right. And then. It just could never get to that next level, and I just wanted it for him so bad. But those two guys were just like, I love those those underrated-ass players, Yo, we even can, though they're barely underrated. We can have a whole segment on Carmelo sometime, because why the Pistons didn't... Oh, I know that's a sore spot for you. <laughs> I can't even finish the sentence. I don't know why you want to relive that. Because <laughs> we would have had, I don't know, three championships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with that group. He would have had I mean, some older no dudes to show him the way and show him yep. the ropes of the NBA, how to be a pro. Oh, 100%, man. I, that's got to be painful. That's got to be painful. Oh, no, I just want to drink a whole bottle of gin. That, that's <laughs> oh, God. Fucking yeah. gin, gin is the absolute worst. Everything's See, okay. Everything's okay. That's He's like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of everything is okay, that was a great transition to the other topic of the night. 
That's my Chicago Bears. Where everything is not okay. Nothing is okay. Nothing is okay. But I want to get into this because we Mm -hmm. talked about it before. We mentioned it. I have been parading in the streets about it. But this is a different year than last year. Last year, in case you're living under a rock, (laughs) the Chicago Bears had won the number one draft pick. Won it. They earned it (laughs) last year. And we ended up trading that for a haul, including DJ Moore to the Panthers. And it was a great day. I was over the moon about having the number one pick because it fell into our fucking laps. Lovey Smith is my guy for life. It was lovely. We were celebrating. (laughs) The Bears have the number one pick again because Mm -hmm. that picked the Panthers, and they were so bad this past season that, hey, we got the number one pick, and we still had a seven-win season. Hey, Mm -hmm. improvement. That was the best-case scenario. So how do I feel this year? Not great, folks. Not great. And it has been a highly, hotly debated topic, especially in the Bears community where I reside every day. I like seeing the the comments from people and the discourse and the, the debates, but it's getting a little exhausting, folks, because all it is is what do the Bears do with the number one draft pick? We take Caleb Williams and get rid of Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Or do we get rid of Justin Fields? I mean, or do we keep Justin Fields and we trade the number one pick, somehow getting Marvin Harrison Jr.? Do we keep number one and still get Marvin Harrison Jr.? What do we do? There's so many options. Washington and New England are right behind us at number two and three. Both those teams desperately want a quarterback to save their next season. And they would love someone like a Caleb Williams or even like a Drake May. Jane Daniels is out there. You know, there's a there's plenty of quarterbacks that could be pretty fucking good. The only one that people are calling generational is Caleb Williams. And with all the talk of Caleb and what he might bring to the table, Bears fans are pretty much split down the middle on what the best course of action is. And I get both sides, honestly. With Fields, have we seen the best of Fields? Have we seen his ceiling? What? How fair was it for him to come to the Bears and pretty much have a peewee football team to play with for a long part of his career already? Coaching was ridiculous. So, what do you do? And I want to start with you before I get into my shit, but... Okay. If you were the Bears GM, Rizzy... What do you call yourself? Rizzy Smalls? No. Rizzy Schemes. Rizzy Schemes. Rizzy Schemes, yes. Yes, sir. Rizzy Schemes is back as the GM of the Bears. Ooh. With this number one pick... Yes. What do you do with the Chicago Bears? All right, all right, all right. Rizzy Schemes in the building. <laughs> so, if I'm all the right. Chicago Bears... Ooh. I have a franchise quarterback on my roster already by the name of Justin fucking Fields. <laughs> so with this first overall pick, you know who I'm going to call? Because I'm so confident that I got really? my guy. I'll give you a hint. They're in the division. Really now? I'm if you said the Lions, I swear to God. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm actually kind of logical about this one. I'm I think I know. the Minnesota Vikings. Yep, yep. And I'm saying, look, Kirk Cousins' contract is up. Justin Jefferson's going to look for a bag. Mm. How about you give us Justin Jefferson? We'll give you the number one overall pick. I'm going to start there. Because you're going to miss out on Marvin Harrison. You're going to miss out on, not really miss out, but you're going to miss Roma Dunze too. That's right. That's right. If you if you trade that number one pick, because the next pick the Bears have is number nine. And I would tell you what I'm doing number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I think more than likely the Vikings would jump on it and say, you know what? We don't have to pay Kirk. We can get Caleb Williams, the quarterback of our future in this draft. And then we don't have to pay fucking Justin Jefferson either. We can let him go. We still have the 11th pick in the draft. 
we can take a receiver there. It's a deep receiving class. You know what I'm saying? There's right. a lot of very good receivers in this class. So maybe they'll take it. Maybe the Bears have to add more. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm adding <laughs> whatever the fuck I need to add to get me Justin Jefferson. Okay. That's such a Madden trade. I love it. <laughs> like it's, I ran it through the trade machine and I ran it through different scenarios. And yeah, I mean, the salaries match up because you know what I'm saying? Ooh, DJ Jefferson is JJ, on, bro. Yes. JJ is I, still on that rookie deal. I would come. I'm not even going to lie. Like, no stim. No stim. None. Like, I would, I would lose it. <laughs> and then, so now the Bears. Okay. So the trade I did was basically Justin Jefferson for a Hall of Picks. Sure. It was like uh, the first overall pick this year. One of the second round picks next year, um, a fourth this year, and I think I threw in like a sixth. I okay. think it was four or so straight five picks. picks. Yeah, yeah, straight, straight picks. picks. All huh. picks that you guys have multiple picks in the same round in. Right, right, right. So say that goes through, you get Justin Jefferson, you pair him up with DJ Moore, so you don't have to pay Darnell Mooney. You're paying yeah, Justin Jefferson instead. Absolutely. And you're taking that yeah. every single day Moody's of the week. Moody's gone. Moody's gone, for sure. Yeah. Um, And so with the number nine pick then, I'm going to stay put. I think this guy's going to fall. He's the best edge rusher in the draft. You pair him next to Montez Sweat. You got a monstrous defensive line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dallas Turner. That's who I think it is. Alabama. I think he might fall to number, I think it's nine. Yeah, yeah, number nine. A um, lot of mocks have him coming to us. And if he does, good God, Lord, have mercy. That defensive line is going to wreak <laughs> havoc on the NFC North. Woo! Yes, sir. Montez Sweat played like, again, he led two teams in sacks. Unbelievable. That's, that's <laughs> unbelievable. What a fucking player. I love yeah. that move. And then, yeah, Dallas Turner. I mean, he's big dude, too, just like Montez oh, yeah. Sweat. Fast, just like Montez Sweat. Came from Alabama, so you know he has that NFL pedigree in him. And I think mm-hmm. that'd be a good look for the Bears. Oh, yes. I like that. It'll never fucking happen, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vikings fans would literally burn the stadium down if they got rid of Jefferson to the no, Bears. I to the Bears, so. I, bro? No, no, no. I know a lot of Minnesota Viking fans. Me too. And they're one of two ways. They're either you bring everybody back, Kirk, Justin Jefferson, whoever, mm. bring them all back, run the shit back, or they're burn the shit down, start it over. Burn it all down. Yeah, I get that. Because I don't blame either way. They're stuck in this like weird like 10 and 7 or yep. 7 and 10 type. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That wild card spot where they just yeah. can't seem to move. Because, look, let's be real. They're not going to beat Detroit. They're not going to beat Green Bay. Nope. They nope, might nope. not even beat the Bears. If Jefferson's on the Bears, they're not beating us either. I don't care if they have Caleb or not. Sorry. We're yeah, taking yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson, there's only – Justin Jefferson will win them a game. Totally. Against somebody in the division. Most yep. of the time, it's probably going to be the Bears. <laughs> it's usually right, yep. <laughs> yeah, but but so, like, at that point, you realize, okay, we're going to be at best the third best team in this division. There's nothing we can do about it because there is nothing they can do about it. No. Nope. Jordan Love – is progressing like he <sighs> he looked very good at the last half of the season. He did. Um, the Detroit Lions they're only going to get better. That's right. And they're they're way younger than the Minnesota Vikings. Oh god, yeah. So man, if I'm the Vikings, I'm blowing this shit up. But again, who knows what's going to happen? That's just what I would do. That's what I'm you would up do. The Vikings. <laughs> okay, I like it though. Again, I think that's a madness trade, but I think a lot of Bears fans would be pissed off only because there's so many holes to fill in Chicago. That's like giving up a lot of picks right now. is like touchy, but look, if you're going for someone like Jefferson, I get it. You, it's you Jefferson, look, bro. 
It doesn't matter because all those players you pick with those picks are not going to be better than Justin Jefferson. Exactly. So exactly. go ahead and go ahead and use that to pick players that might not even play for you next season. Go ahead, Chicago Bear fans. <laughs> Guess what? You're still going to lose. Would you rather right. lose with a bunch of them or lose with Justin Jefferson? I'd rather, have I'd rather lose with Justin Jefferson. That's me, but you know, I, I, like, I, I like winning. I'd rather like have a chance at winning and look exciting because I have Justin Jefferson and DJ Moore. Thank you. Yeah, exciting. I would. I don't care if we were that successful right now. Can I get yeah. exciting football? Cause, yeah, because when you watch the Bears, if it's not a screen, it's a run up the middle. Right. It's like, oh my god. Like I shouldn't be able to call the plays for the Bears. I'm not on the staff. Like pause. But that is something where it's become so pedestrian in Chicago. Where we go. Even the wins are just like sluggish wins. We're not just. There's a couple of times where we kick someone's ass. That was it. Other than that, we had to like dig for those wins, those seven wins we had. So, yeah, I would love just some exciting fucking Chicago book football. We had it a few years ago when we won a division. That was exciting Bears football. We, we were creative. Mm-hmm. They were fun. You had offensive linemen running in touchdowns. That was great stuff. We had that for one year of fun and adventure. And then the double doink happened, and all the fun was gone. Just like fucking that. Just all unraveled. So yep. I don't blame you. A, a move for Jefferson, which I am starting to see more and more news about Jefferson and for him going from untouchable to maybe Minnesota might use him as a chip, which is I mean, I'm telling bonkers, you, bonkers to me. But And it's only because they're stuck in this weird dilemma. They got to do something. They have to do yeah. something. Either yeah, you either. go all in, bring everyone back, and still get another star. Yeah. yeah. Or sell it. Mm, that'd be kind of crazy. Uh, when it comes to my mindset, I have thought about this exhaustingly for forever now. For the longest time, I've been on paper saying, I want to keep fields. I, I look at the entire thing. I've watched his entire career at the Bears and all the bullshit surrounding us. And the fact that he came in with coaches that had no business doing anything with him. They don't know how to scheme for him. And I know we're sitting here making all these excuses for fields. And I get that you can put a lot of the blame on him too. However, there are a lot of circumstances that he has had to deal with that makes me kind of still feel like he didn't have a fair shake here. Like there was very limited amount. He had no protection his first couple years. Like he barely had any receivers until we had DJ Moore. So our running game was the best thing we had going. Our defense, best thing we had going. But like Fields himself, he's had very special moments where he looks like just some kind of weird football fairy where he's just slipping through cracks and you can't touch him and you can't change. It was crazy good. Yeah. So for me, I was like, you have to keep him. You have Shane Waldron now coming as an offensive coordinator who I think is an upgrade from Luke Getze. Someone mm-hmm. a little more creative. Look what he did for Geno Smith. Like Seattle was, if they weren't overly successful, I mean, they still were in the mix. Mm-hmm. He made them and Pete Carroll uh, was most of that too. But like, Waldron is the brains behind a lot of the offensive firepower, too. Like, so bringing Waldron in and having some creativity coming to Chicago is exciting for me when you look at fields. It's like, hey, somebody who wants a mobile quarterback and somebody who might design. He's been talking so much praise about, hey, I don't care about fields or Caleb. I'm going to draw him up some, some dope-ass shit. I said, cool, let's do it. You know, DJ yeah. Moore has come out and said he wants fields, but even he's like, it's business, I get it. But he wants MHJ more than anything else. I wanted to keep Fields. I said trade number one down to like number two or three. Washington, New England, one of those two. And I know we're not getting a haul for moving one or two spots. I'm saying I don't need a haul. We got the haul last year. 
at some point you have to just start taking elite players or elite prospects. We can't just keep trading down, trading down. A lot of people out there are saying, let's trade down to like eight or 11. You know, like, yeah, but then you're out of the top 10 and we're just stockpiling again and not getting elite talent. That's how you fucking win. You need elite talent at some point. So if they want Caleb that bad, I was always saying, let's trade with them, get a couple of more picks, maybe another an extra second or a first or whatever. That's fine. Then you get MHJ with number nine. I was saying Dallas Turner too, just like, hey, this the best defensive end we can find, whoever it is on the board, the matchup of sweat, and let's wreck these quarterbacks and fields with someone like an MHJ-DJ combination. It doesn't matter if he doesn't have the offensive line that he needs if both those guys are down there. Just fucking chuck it, bro. He'll get there. I've changed my mind, though, and it really sucks. And I had to really think of when I talked about this conversation with you, and I said I had to really think and reflect about what I really want for this fucking team going forward. I realized I'm being too emotional about it. When we drafted Fields, you recall, I sent you a video, and the video was me just screaming. I was so excited. Because Fields, I saw him in college, and I don't care what you say about Ohio State, and he, he had a, the great kind of team around him, whatever. The man flat out got it done. He didn't have to scramble all the shot all the time like he did in the NFL, but the man got the job done. He was kicking oh, ass. You're telling me you don't have to run when you have receivers? Oh, look at that. So, yes, with a real team around him, you saw what he could really do, which is why we picked him. So I was excited to get that Fields. Did I expect the way things went down, the way they did, not necessarily. I thought we were about to fuck some teams up. In some rights, we got better. In other rights, we didn't, which it's it's a it's fine. It's a rebuild. I get it. But this is emotional for me because I desperately put all my stock into Fields being the guy. And I'm not saying that he can't be. What I'm saying is this is we're going into the last year of his contract. We have to think long term. If we lock him up. And this is the ceiling we can see for him, where he's an immaculate scrambler, if not a great pocket passer. If he can't see the field, but he extends plays. If he can do really good things in a game and take care of the ball mostly, but we still lose, is that good for the team? Is that good for the future? Unfortunately, his tenure in Chicago just isn't what I wanted it to be. If we have the opportunity, and I'm let's not let me put a disclaimer here. I am not saying Caleb's the guy either. I don't know. I'm not convinced that Caleb is the guy. I've seen enough. I've seen his Heisman year. I've seen him last year. Wildly different. Thanks, Lincoln Riley. <laughs> but yeah. thanks, Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. all his fault, too. So seeing what I saw from Caleb and USC, like, I don't know if he's even the guy. It's hard to say. So you have to take it down to potential versus what we've already seen from Fields. I still think if you trade Fields to a better organization, one that actually builds around him, Atlanta, which is always the one I keep pointing out, I think Fields is going to ball out. Unfortunately, I just don't think we have the time or the energy anymore to keep hoping that Fields is going to turn into the guy, magically. And if we get Harrison, what happens if we get Harrison and Fields is still just average? Statistically, I still love the guy. But what if he's still just average? What if even adding MHJ isn't enough? And you have to look at Caleb and go, there's people comparing him to Mahomes already, which I still don't know about all that. But if his ceiling is potentially Mahomes and Fields isn't, and we saw like the Super Bowl, you saw Mahomes win his third ring. You saw the Niners and Brock Purdy, who this man thinks is overrated as fuck, which is hilarious. 
But you saw what happened. Mahomes is a much better quarterback. Brock Purdy has a Maserati around him. We've said that. And they still couldn't get the job done. The quarterback, unfortunately, is still just that important to a fucking successful franchise. And if we really want to compete, if we really want to say we did everything we could, I'm trading Fields. I'm wishing him well. I'm looking at his stats and going, unfortunately, kid, it's just not good enough. And it's not all on him. And that's what I think this is going to turn out to be because now you're looking at Ryan Poles and shit he's saying that I've seen this story before. This is the stuff that you start saying before you trade your best player. Like he's saying things like, we want to do right by Justin. When I saw that, I was like, oh no. Like that sounds like we want to find the right team to trade him for that he's not destroying his career. We don't want to be Trubisky and ship him off to be a backup and be a clipboard holder and embarrass himself in other games. Like we don't want to do that. No, but Trubisky was a backup quarterback to begin with. 100%. This is not me comparing them. I'm just saying, (laughs) do right by fields by actually trying to find a partner where he can go thrive. So there's a lot of talking heads out there about what we should do. I think, and I I read this somewhere, and it's been stuck in my brain ever since. If all these teams are chomping at the bit to give us a king's ransom for the rights to get Caleb Williams, we should probably just take Caleb Williams. That's all it is to it. Like, at the end of the day, if if his price is going to be that high, he's probably valuable enough or we should probably just take a swing on him. So, and it sucks wait, to say. Go ahead. So you're going to base this decision off of what everyone else thinks? No, I'm just making that That's what it sounds point. like. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's one point that I go, huh, well, that's a good point. I got to take all sides of it. That's not the only thing I'm saying. God, no. This is more in my, my heart and soul and looking at those stats and everything, which I'm getting to. But – one point I have seen that makes a lot of sense to me is, well, shit, we probably at some point should take a quarterback that everyone mostly thinks is going to be a big fucking deal because the Bears never do that. They've never done that. So if nothing has ever worked since the 85 season, that's all I'm getting at is that's one point where you can take into consideration and say it's different than Bears football. It's different than Bears history where we just go for the good quarterback. It seems crazy that that's a, such a simple thing to consider but if he is he jamarcus russell who knows is he pat mahomes who knows we gotta take something here but i say that saying if we went and got caleb i want roma dunze 100 i still think or malik neighbors a dunze or neighbors i would still be very happy to pair that with dj they're not going to be there at nine no and that's what i'm getting at i think for us to make that happen we have to trade number nine or we got to trade fields to, like, the Giants at number six. Now, I say that because the Giants gave Daniel Jones a shit yeah. ton of money, yeah. and we've seen the results, and Daniel Jones has <laughs> not been great, especially for the money they pay him. This is kind of giving the Giants a way out, and Giants are sitting at number six. If but we how? Get... Because they got all this money tied into Daniel Jones. Like, they got to pay him regardless. They got to pay him, but that doesn't mean they got to play him. I'm just saying. I know it's... That's what you normally do if you pay someone this much money, you're going to play them. But how much do you want to keep losing either? Like the Giants, that's New York. That's a market that's hungry. Oh, as hungry as Chicago is. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy trade. If we gave them like Fields and number nine for number six, maybe a couple more picks, and go get Odunze or neighbors, I understand it. I don't think it's going to happen. But again, if I'm the one in charge and all bets are off, if I have to get rid of Fields, I'd rather give them to the Giants than give them to Atlanta. Just 
Because so, then at number six, I thought, I thought you said you want to wish him well. You know that the Giants have absolutely zero over no, there, no, right? No, 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 no. The Bears want to wish him well. At this point, I got to do what's best for the Bears. I love no, 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 no. You just <laughs> said you would wish Fields well. Oh, yeah. You, I know you're saying he's not going to a situation well, where he so would. So why thrive. would you send him to one of the most inept teams in the league? Because we get number six. I have to do what's best for the Bears. I wish him well. And I think the Bears would want him to go to Atlanta because I think that's a better option. I'm saying if you put all that aside and you put me in charge, I'm wishing him well still, but I have to maximize uh-huh. that shit. You're wishing I got to maximize it. With a backhand is basically yep. what you're doing. Hey, business, Damn. bro. I'm sick, of, I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of losing. You're going to lose with Caleb. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're going to lose way more games with Caleb than you will with Justin next season. I'm Ooh. just sorry, crazy. That's a- uh, that's next season. I'm not thinking much about first season with Caleb. That's the thing. But long term, you reset the clock. The market think, gets a little reset too. But you think you think DJ Moore is going to be happy with another losing season? No, that's the thing. Nothing we do. You think you think anyone's going to be happy about? No, no, no. If you keep Fields, I think a lot of people would be happy. You know why? The fans would be gonna, happy if we keep losing. You won't though. Easy for you to say because you'll put a team <laughs> around him and improve that's what your I want. record. From That's last what year. I want. Of so why? So my question is, why are you going to blow up the team for Caleb Williams and still lose, but not want to build around Justin Fields to win? I'll remind you that that's what I want to do. However, what I think they are going to do is move him. I don't necessarily consider him blowing up the team. I know everybody loves Fields. I know that. I love Fields. I want him to do well wherever he goes. I'd rather he do it with the Bears. But all of this in front of us is showing that it's just not going to happen. And yes, it's easy to say that, hey, let's say we keep Fields. Let's say we get Harrison. Even with that, what if we win five games next year? Then not only have we wasted another year, we've missed out. Let's say Caleb balls out wherever he gets picked. He balls out. Fields doesn't. He's always going to be compared to Caleb now all of a sudden because of what we could have done. All I'm saying is if you know Bears history, it's like it's very much like Lions history. It blows up in our face when we try to – do something that's not what most people think we should do. And most people think we should just mm, take Caleb. That's false. Because a lot of people a lot of people did not want the Lions to take uh I, I keep calling him Luke Campbell, but Jack Campbell. <laughs> Luke Campbell. No, you didn't want Jack Campbell. A lot of people no no no. Like we got F's like in the first round. We got oh, F's for did, Jameer Gibbs did. and and Campbell. And sure. they made the all rookie team and we made the playoffs, won the division, went to the NFC championship game. You know what I mean? Nobody wanted the Lions to do that. Sure, sure. I, I think you're thinking too small scale when I talk about that. I'm saying like the historically bad moves that we have made and that Lions have made. Like you just mentioned, like players that you should have had that you didn't get, and then they it bitch in the ass. Like historically. Those are the old Lions. Like we're a totally different team. <laughs> you are absolutely new. I want the Bears to be a new Bears. I would love after watching why do you think I love the Lions so much in the last couple of years? I'm I am trying to absorb. Some of that shit. Because, yes, you're right. This is a new Lions. So do I see the Lions doing moves like that anymore? No. But seeing them for the last 30 years do that, it's the same thing the Bears did. Look at the Trubisky thing. We're always getting roasted for that shit. All the time. Whether it's fair or not. But no, we but look, took Trubisky. No, no, no. At the time, people Trubisky were fans of the was rated higher. I know. You're, people were fans of the, the choir. You're preaching to the choir, dude. I know this shit. I don't think it's fair either. I'm just saying that's what the discourse has always been. Because we're the Bears and... That's the shit we get all the time. So all I'm saying is we could break a cycle here and just go for the best quarterback we can find. Like, 
point blank. And if that doesn't work, then well, what? then fuck it, burn it all down. Sell the fucking team. Oh, now you want to burn it down. down. Oh, I always want to burn it down every year. Maybe if but, you built your team around your guy that you got right now who's generational, maybe you wouldn't have to burn it down, and maybe you wouldn't have to wait and see if something else works. You know, let, let me give you an analogy. You got a bad wife at home. You know what I'm saying? She cooks for you, <laughs> cleans for you. But you know what? You guys get into a couple of arguments. Maybe. Okay, not a couple. You guys get into consistent <laughs> arguments, right? But she does everything for you. She's there for you emotionally, supports you. She works her ass off for you, right? True. But you're unhappy because you guys have these consistent arguments. Mm. Okay. You're going to divorce her and try to find something with somebody new? Or are you going to sit there and make it work? You're missing one important detail about that analogy. This is a business. That so is, is what marriage. I was thinking. Nope. Uh, marriage is a business, too. It's a business in a certain way. If, no, 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 no. Listen, way listen. more see, emotional. If marriage, marriage is also emotional. As I said, yeah. Emotional is marriage, but, yes. But if marriage wasn't a business, why do we have to get a marriage license? Oh, good point. That's a good point. Fair point. Okay. This is more of a business than a marriage is. I'll put it that way. More than we want to be technical what, about it, but what makes it more like money's involved? <laughs> you really could if you took the marriage and the NFL thing, you really could break that down to be very similar. Now that I think about like, it, That's you know funny. what I mean? Like, you it's a business, right? You got to do what's best for you. So, is getting a divorce going to be best for you? Absolutely not. But that also insinuates that we're staying with Fields forever, which, yeah, I don't know. As when does that happen, though? When does that happen, especially for the Bears, where we could just lock in and say this is our guy for the next like until he is done we've never had that the close and i was gonna say cutler but no he didn't even start with us there's never been a quarterback that chicago has taken and just run into the ground until he was retired like it was a successful career it's never happened so after all those years of never letting that happen and we've seen in our own division hall of fame quarterbacks come through here like we have to do something and I don't know if any quarterback class coming in anytime soon is going to be bigger than this one with us at the number one pick and controlling the entire draft. That's really what it comes down to. It's the opportunity. Yes, again, in my heart, I promise you, I want Fields. I want to keep him on this team. I want to build around him. I think seven wins from a three-win season, I think you saw the improvements you needed to see overall. It's not going to be all from him. But overall, I think we're getting somewhere. And I don't want to ruin that shit. But the opportunity is just so humongous right now to change the culture. I don't know if it's going to be all great either. I can't promise that. That's If we got rid of Fields, the team might fall apart. If we don't and they lose, it still might fall apart. There's not going to be one choice that makes anybody universally happy. There just isn't. It's just not going to happen. If we keep Fields and we start winning all these games, then it's all, you know, Great, but I've seen this movie, man. We've lost so much in such embarrassing ways. It wears you down. And I know I'm talking to a Lions fan when I say that, so you know misery. You know that. Hey, but how many times have, has this opportunity been in your hands, though? At the same time, it's like Fields beat the Lions. He did. But like, we still watch you from home, bro. At the end yeah, of the day. You you realize you guys were, what, 7-10? 7-10. and 10? Seven and ten. Three games away from being 500, essentially. Yeah. You know how many games Justin Fields won you by himself? Plenty. Plenty. Like, the reason you guys are losing is not because of Justin Fields. No, absolutely not. And, and like again, I don't put blame on him. Like you mentioned earlier, you guys have a lot of holes around the team. Mm-hmm. Outside of DJ Moore, who else was he throwing to? 
Nobody. We have Cole no Komet, receivers. Yeah. Komet's got some. Got something. Darnell Mooney, nowhere to be found. Mm, nope. Equinemia St. Brown. I know how much you love. Oh God. <laughs> um, defensively, who are your corners? Well, we're about to re-sign Jalen Johnson. Thank you. But after that, we just let Eddie Jackson go. We just let. Who I mean, are your safeties? Yes. Yeah, we gotta reload. Who's linebacker for you guys? Mm, we got quite Roquan a few Smith. good ones. Roquan's great. No, I'm sorry, he's gone. Gotcha. Mm, yeah, that See, was good. There are Beyond so that, many. Holes. I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many holes around the team, is what I'm saying. Like you, you mentioned, I'm agreeing with that point that you made, and yeah, I feel like if you fill those holes, maybe get someone that knows how to play linebacker. Maybe yes. get someone that knows how to play safety. Yeah. Oh, uh, you already have a very good edge rusher. You could mm. get another one in the draft. That's yeah, that'd be great. Um, well, that will help here's, with the, yeah, go ahead. Here's the idea I had if we went with the Caleb situation again, just talking out of that end. If we can somehow pull a Dunze, I'm saying, like, I still call Minnesota up, but Daniel Hunter is a free agent, and I think him and Sweat together, yeah, is gonna yeah. wreck a lot of fucking teams. Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. think you should go get someone like we talk about receivers, we don't really have any moody kind of burnt out. Go get me Gabe Davis, he's free. That dude's good for a Big play every game, not consistent. Yeah, not but consistent, he's a but... he's good enough to get you a nasty deep route. Gabe or Davis. you can get someone like you know, like a Michael Pittman Jr. free agent. There's some good, you know. So there's some good solid receivers. Where if we don't get the the be all end all like Harrison, I still think we can end up replenishing the receiver room in some capacity between yep. free agency and draft here. So and then go get like a you know, there's some a decent center out there. I think we could probably find like a Cushionberry or something. But like you're adding through the free agency because we have a shit ton of money too. Let's spend some fucking money is what I'm saying. It doesn't all have to be the draft, but yeah, let's spend some right. fucking cash. I want to fucking empty yeah. the bank account this year. You're right. See, like, first step, you trade for Justin Jefferson and then you pay him. Lock him up. I mean, <laughs> again, I don't really love the Jefferson thing. That was a whole game changer for me. Like, oh shit. But it's possible. Again, and this is what I mean. Welcome to being a Bears fan. It's just like like, what's the right decision? Like, what the fuck do you do that doesn't piss everybody off? And it's it's damn near I'm, impossible. I know for us, it's you, for you, it's simple to go keep fields and let's go. It's on like business, yes, I, as you should, as you absolutely should. And again, yeah. I don't want that sounding like I'm a field because you know I love fields, you know I love yeah. them, and I'm not convinced that Caleb's a guy. But I am more just what can we do to just change the way people look at the Bears? And damn, if. I don't want to be that franchise that skips Caleb when we had him in our hands and he ends up being the next Mahomes because that's the kind of luck we have is we would we would pass up on him and he's going to go with two championships of his own and we're going to be like, what did we do? What did we do? Like You know, I, I know we didn't break down draft prospects yet, but I just want to throw this out there. Yes. I think Caleb Williams is going to be good. I don't think he's going to live up to the hype. I don't think he can. I don't think anybody think, can. You know who he reminds me of? Hmm. And I think he's going to have a similar career. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think we mentioned that previously, saying like these quote-unquote generational talents turn into good quarterbacks, if not overly elite. And Lawrence is getting better. The Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars are getting better too. But And a lot of people are saying or comparing him to Mahomes. And I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to be very controversial, because he's black. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Because they're both light skins. Right? Light skin, mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. That, they have you know, amazing arms. But you know right. who else was mobile and had an amazing arm? Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson. Absolutely. Let's not forget that. You Absolutely. watch Caleb Williams' film. You watch Trevor Lawrence's film. You can't tell me they're almost mirror images of each other. Only oh, thing yeah. different is their skin color and their hair. <laughs> That's it. That's true. I can definitely see um, that. If he was darker, you'd probably say he's like Lamar Jackson. I go, 
that's gonna be dark. Like exactly. that's all yeah. that's all it comes down yeah. to. When you throw that generational tag everywhere, I think it's impossible to live up to. But I even broke down like comparing the two between Fields and Caleb. And if you look at just the metrics, you know, size, Fields is an inch taller. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like it's an inch, but that's still an inch more you can see over the fucking the entire offensive line. Arm strength, pretty fucking even. Caleb might be yeah. slightly better, but it's pretty much 50-50. But no, Fields has a cannon. Like, let's not Fields for- has a cannon. Let's not they forget that OSU, it. he was a pocket quarterback. Absolutely. That's what people forget. They look at the NFL and go, oh, he's not a pocket quarterback. It's like, no, look at fucking college where he didn't have – there was barely any design runs when he was in Ohio State. Yeah. If he had to extend a play or scramble, that's one thing. But that dude was a pocket passer. And I know he's got a cannon. But they're pretty much neck and neck there. Accuracy? I give the Caleb. Pretty fuck, yeah, like, uh, but even so, like, Fields' accuracy percentages are like in the high sixties. Caleb is probably low seventies, if not high sixties himself. So, like, so it's rather close. It's rather close. So both guys are very similar in which they can scramble their dual threats and everything, but neither one are great in the pocket, at least at this point. You know, Fields yeah. again can be, but he was he's never been schemed to in the NFL. So, I, if anything, he probably lost that shit. <laughs> Uh, I mean, playmaking, both very similar. Both need to extend plays with their legs in college and the NFL. Caleb is very creative with his playmaking ability and feels as a magician when he scrambles. But they both have the same fucking flaw. They hold on to the ball too long. They both do. So there's one stat, just one, where I think they go Caleb over Fields, and it's the vision. It's the field of vision. That's the one biggest knock against Fields is he's Mm -hmm. missing people on routes. He's missing open receivers that are, I mean, honestly, as clear as day. For someone like us to say, like, how did you miss that wide open guy? Like, I'm more of a casual than he is, but, like, shit, how do you miss those guys? Caleb doesn't have that problem. And I'm I'm not trying to make excuses for Fields. I'm really not. This is something to keep in mind. If you play quarterback – and if I see you dropping shit in practice, mm-hmm. what do you think I'm gonna think you were doing the game? <laughs> boop, boop. That's a very good point too. But yes, I will say that when it comes to Caleb, he can see receivers. He knows progressions. He processes fast. It's the one strength he has over Fields. I agree with that though. I do agree. It's with that. it's a pretty fucking important stat though for a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of have to have the field vision. I'm not saying Fields can't get there. But coming out of college, Caleb is already better than that. So, All right, so my question to you is, yes. you get Caleb Williams. What are you going to do? What's your plan in place to make sure he develops to be who he's supposed to be? When it comes down to it, attitude is one thing. He, their leadership things have been calling the question for Caleb. I don't know all the merit to it. All I'm saying is I've seen a lot of that discourse saying, like, is he a leader? Does he even want to come to Chicago? I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. But one of Justin Fields' biggest strengths that you didn't mention or compare was his leadership. His no one ever leadership. complained about his leadership. Not a not a single player, not a single teammate that he's ever played with. You're right. I did not mention that. And you're absolutely right. There, that is a huge thing that Fields is over Caleb. Much better leader, which is why I love the guy so much. Even when we're losing, Fields is the guy. He's gonna get you fired up. He's gonna get you on the way. Like he's gonna. You know, he's working his ass off. He wants to be a bear. Caleb, for the longest time, even his camp, and come out saying like, I don't know if he wants to be a bear or not. So like. Do I want someone who doesn't want to be here? And here's, I'll do one better. He called, Caleb called it out today, actually. They interviewed him about his whole attitude towards Chicago and who's going to draft him. Now, he's backtracked a lot. He's saying, like, oh, they're a very exciting team. I would love to play for them. Things that we've been waiting to hear from him to say for weeks that he's just never said. 
but he said one thing that still makes me go, I don't like that. I'm going to give you a direct quote on that one. Mm. Here we go. Williams said, I'm not pushing any agenda. At the end of the day, the Bears have the last say. Regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda of, yeah, I want to go or no, I don't want to go. I'm excited for whatever comes. Regardless of how you feel. And I don't want to be a nitpicker and just, he might have just been talking out of context. But that phrase to me was like, yeah, now that's that, media coaching. That could mean a lot of things. It could mean a lot of things. So and I don't th- want to speculate mean, too hard. That could mean, A, like maybe he has respect for Justin Fields. Right. Doesn't want to be compared to him all the fucking time because he knows if he goes there, that's who he's going to be compared with. Absolutely. From day one. And maybe he just wants his own team. Maybe he wants to go to Washington. Maybe he wants to go to New England. Is he from Washington? He might be. I think he's from Washington. I think he wants to play for Washington. Yes. Oh, shit. Like, see that? Which is why I was like, cough it up the price then. No one is going to compete for that spot in Washington. Like, if he goes there, that is his team. 100%. Same with New England. Yep. That's the guy after Brady. Yeah. But. That's going to be his Mac Jones. Fuck out of here. Yeah, Mac Jones lowered the bar so fucking far. Caleb coming to look like a superstar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that could be it. I'm trying to give maybe. him the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. Um, but no, that's definitely if I'm a Bears fan and I hear that, I'm going, what the fuck? It left a very sour taste in my mouth. And that was only hours ago that I read that. Like, yeah. Mm, mm, okay. Do I want someone who doesn't want to play for the Bears to play for the Bears? Of course not. But that's all there is to it. So I yeah. know I'm all over the place with that, and it's just because that's how yeah. emotionally invested I am in this team, and yeah, I yeah. want them to succeed, and I am desperate for them to make the right fucking decision. And it's not for me to say what's right or wrong until we look back at it and say, that was fucking wrong. But if the idea is that we're not going to be in this position ever again. We have to get it right, regardless of which way we go with it. So I don't know. At the end of the day, I just don't know. I want yeah. to keep Fields. But I understand, and I'm like 90% convinced they're going to get rid of him. And this is going to be the Caleb show. And I'm going to I'm going to root for the Bears regardless. You, I yeah, you're going to do it regardless. Yeah, I'm going to do it regardless. I'll get bitching on when he sucks, and I'm going to take credit for it when he's good. That's what we do. But it's got to be the right call. We can't. This franchise cannot take another embarrassment in the draft. I can't deal with it, man. It's the most too important harsh. thing. The most important thing is how you're going to develop, whether you stick with fields or you stick or you go pull the trigger on Caleb. Mm-hmm. You have to have a plan in place to develop these guys, because if you stick to the same plan, you have uh, Justin Fields on where it's mm-hmm. look, just go win us a game. Uh, right. We have no stability around you. Just go go in a game like it, it's right. going to be a revolving door. Quarterbacks ruining their careers um, yes. in Chicago. And it will completely erase any goodwill and prospects we have in the future coming to Chicago. Because right now, we are interesting team to join. I'll take interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. A, it yeah. used to be the quarterback graveyard. Now we're interesting. We're intriguing to join. So let's keep that momentum going. Not this guy went and killed a potential Super Bowl MVP career because he played with the Bears. I don't want that shit. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very tough decision and i know you asked me what my plan would be to develop and i'm gonna just rebuttal and say i don't get paid to give up on a plan to develop caleb williams or justin fields that's what bears coach is supposed to do so they better have a fucking plan to develop these guys and i like waldron as a good first start you, you see how you're like they should have a fucking plan the coaches are looking at Justin Fields like, you should have a fucking plan to get right. <laughs> like the man can only do so much. And again, I just I didn't pull that blame. Yes, Fields has some blame. 
He's not yeah, playing of course. Well. He of misses course he reads. Does. Sometimes he's inaccurate and sporadic with his throws. Yeah. Right. I get it. Of course. But yo, that, what about what about when he gets sacked on second down and it's third and long, backed mm. up in your own territory? Rush is coming at you. You break a sack, run up the field, reverse the field, get a first down, extend the drive. But oh, no man. one wants to talk about that. You I don't talk about that shit all day. <laughs> you know how I know about that exact sequence? Because it happened against the fucking Lions. That's right. And you went, holy shit, this kid is amazing. There's and I'm like, plenty of moments yeah. where I went, holy shit, this kid's amazing. And there's other moments I go, Oh God, what the fuck was that? But that's just that's quarterbacking. I, I want to keep fields. I just don't I think like... we're going to. And I'm I'm starting to go through my like stages of grief already to just prepare myself that it's it's over. And that would suck. If we kept fields, I'd be actually happier. But you know, I'm not in I'm not on the staffs. Yeah. Pause. But so yes. So, so uh, on a on a percentage scale, mm. what would you give it? Like 70 30 fields is gone? I'm going to say 80-20. 80-20 fields is gone? 80-20. And again, because I'm looking at interviews, I'm looking at the things people are saying, I'm trying to yeah, read yeah. between the lines, and this again, this is the same things when like we got rid of Khalil Mack, where you just start talking and talking, and it just made... But that, everyone that, saw that's that. different. Everyone yeah, saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. It was different. But like in the past, I've seen them do these same press conferences that have led to us trading big players. And it yeah, goes... Yeah. You know, this you have certain things and phrases you say in a certain way that you kind of go, yeah, there. This is them trying to get ready to smooth it, smooth it over. Yeah, no, we'll I think it's, I think it's seventy thirty. They get rid of fields. Yeah, um, it's up there. It's high. I, in my opinion, it'd be a mistake. We'll see. I I tend to agree with you. I'm just I'm trying to make the most of what we could do if it's a Caleb thing, but we'll see. We have a lot we can do, and I said it last year. It's really fucking hard to mess this up, but they can mess this up way worse than they messed than they could have messed up last year's number one pick. That one was oh, yeah. a no brainer. That one, I love what we got for that. This this is franchise altering. So see, like buckle up. <laughs> last year, you guys, what pick did you guys trade last year? Number one. Number one, and then you got number one this year. Yep. So we traded for this year's number one, and yeah. then a haul of picks with DJ Moore yep. too. So, yep, yep, yep. And then the Panthers ended up sucking. So. Yes, yeah. that worked out. Two back to back number one picks does not happen in the NFL, at least not in the last few years. I mean, the last hey. few decades. So Shit. we can't mess this up. That would be historically terrible for the franchise if we mess this up. No pressure, guys. Make sure you get it together. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. Last words for your adoring fans, sir. Um, I just want to speak about a certain situation. All right. Um, Ooh. before I speak on it, I just want to say. If you don't go picking fights with someone that you know you probably won't beat. Uh-oh. What do I mean by that? So if I see someone that's 6'4", about 240 pounds, just solid muscle, I'm probably not going to go and try to start a fight with him. I'm not going to start a fight with anybody if I'm being real. But probably not. for the sake of the story, I'm saying that because Cam Newton got jumped. All right, Is that I, what happened? I saw it, some shit. He, he got jumped in quotations. All right, Jumped. Mind you, uh, Cam Newton had on like a Abraham Lincoln type hat. As, as he does. <laughs> Three kids jumped on him at his football camp, punching him, throwing whatever the fuck at him. The hat did not move. Not a single <laughs> time. Oh. Like, he was supposed to be the one getting jumped. Mm. All of a sudden, he's throwing kids off of him. And like, yo, did y'all realize this man won the Heisman with not a single NFL offensive lineman on his college mm. team? Mm. Or player. He's the only player on that team to get drafted. Mm. Tell him. 
Like <laughs> this man came in the league as a rookie and broke passing rec passing records. Absolutely true. As a rookie. Uh this guy won an MVP scoring like 14 rushing touchdowns. You can fact check me on that. <laughs> yes. You think you three little boys are going to take that man down? I think not. So please just be smart and don't pick any fights with anybody. Oh, mm, mm, mm. there are so many martial arts movies that say that exact same sentiment. Never start a fight. You can't win. It's you should just never fucking do that. Mm -mm. As a martial arts, I can tell you the same thing. Don't fucking do that. That's the the first thing you learn in martial arts is you're not picking fights. You're supposed to be wearing defense, protecting yes. yourself, not yes. to go jump somebody. So yes. that's just science, folks. That's he will swing you around his fucking head and fucking lawn dart your ass. Like what? And still what have doing? that Abraham Lincoln hat on. Right. right. Feather untouched. Oh my God. That's insane. I know I saw like something about Cam and some about arguments and he called himself someone's daddy, and I was like Oh, okay. So it's a, another Wednesday. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Oh, man. My last words are the same as they usually are. Make sure you check out all of our fucking content. That's the Bank Bro Show on YouTube, Facebook, and at gmail.com. And we're at Bank Bro Show on Instagram. Like I did promise, I posted the video from Cancun. I want you to hit the poll. I said it, and I'm going to just stick by it with no pause. Hit that poll and say if I got teabagged, or slightly grazed, which every time I look at the video now, it's totally a graze. But now you got me second thinking everything. And maybe I don't know exactly what teabagging is because I thought I did. But now I'm like, not convinced. I still I think, think it's right now thing. it's 100% for teabagged. God damn it. They did just vote. <laughs> I think it's me and Hakeem. <laughs> oh, that's all great. My brother. Yeah. So I'm going to lose this fucking vote anyway. But go ahead and make sure you check out the video and much more content to come. No pun intended. Just saying. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say anything about that video without innuendo, so I'm completely stuck. So make sure you go check it out because I got some fun filters on there too. You know, hey. much more to come. Hey. Uh, but until next time, folks, you know what it is. Bank Bros are in your city. We are always here for you. And you can motherfucking bank on it. See you next week. One, two, three. Lock, lock.